Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Warrior EDU podcast. We are already at episode five, and I want to welcome into the war room, not our guest yet today, but I want to welcome back, Leah. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here today. I'm so happy to be back. I mean, life has been so different for me the last couple of weeks and welcoming our new baby boy Harrison into our family. So thanks for, you know, holding down the fort while I've been gone here. And I'm just excited to get back. And, you know, even though I'm, I'm not teaching back yet, I'm excited to be able to talk to my coworkers again and be back in the mix of the education world again. A little oh, bit. that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know what? The last couple episodes were carried by our guests, not by me. So luckily, you know, we had incredible guests uh, only to be made better by your presence. So I'm really happy to be back. Congratulations to you and Mike on Harrison's uh, arrival into the world. Thank you. Thank you. So exciting. So, I mean, how how does it, I mean, how how are you doing? I mean, you're, you know, I mean, I think we should have an episode with you interviewing you as a first time mom and trying to juggle, you know, thinking about juggling teaching as well. Yeah. I mean, especially once I go back to work in January here after my leave is over, I think that would be, it'll be interesting for me to see how, you know, that new work life balance slash work and another life balance will be. Um, But no, I mean, I said, I think I feel like a, a human again now we're two weeks in so the first week was you know definitely getting used to not sleeping through the night and he's up every couple hours as most newborns are yeah um, but you know totally worth it when you look at him and stuff so I'll, I'll try to save the mushy gushy but um <laughs> but yeah no we're doing really good so yeah love thanks. it love <laughs> it love it yep we love the mushy gushy too so you don't have to spare it <laughs> yeah that's awesome that's incredible. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. And and well, today, I mean, let's jump in, Leah. I mean, uh, we have, we're on episode five already of the Warrior EDU podcast, I know. And, um, and uh, this week, we have an outstanding guest today. And I want to introduce to you, everybody, McHenry High School teacher, yearbook advisor, and soccer coach, Mitch Stengel. Mitch, how are you, buddy? I, I'm doing well, as good as you can on a Monday, I guess, right? Starting off the week strong. Um, looking forward. I mean, this month is a pretty big month. The murmurings, it's a pretty big month around, around schools. So yes. uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to October. I, I like to say October is my favorite season of the year. I, I know it's only a month, but spook, it's spooky season, isn't it? It's spooktober, right? I can't believe it's already October. <laughs> this year ago. It's incredible. You know, I feel like every time we turn around, we're saying, I can't believe it's October already. But uh, yeah, it is spooky. It's spooky on a whole number of levels. I mean, not, not you know, just because it's <laughs> Halloween, you know. Um, but I also turned 50 this month. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, and, and also, as Mitch, you're, you're referring to, um, obviously, we're talking about coming back to school uh, with kids in person. So mm-hmm. uh, while that's exciting, because that's what we do. I mean, that's what, that's what you know, our, our job is. And, and uh, obviously, we want kids back in school. Um, obviously, it, it's mixed emotions for everybody, of course, right? Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, there's struggles with both, right? I mean, we, we hear endless things about teaching online versus teaching in person and, you know, how, how do you adapt to both and everything's an adaption, but that's the fun of teaching, isn't it? 
I would say so for sure. It's always a new day, right? You never know, even with planning, you never know where the plans are going to go always and how it's going to turn out. So you're definitely being an adaptable person is something you need in teaching for sure. And I think yeah. that's been definitely uh, put to the test during <laughs> these last nine months or whatever, six months, however many months we've been doing this. Adaptability has been the word, right? Wow. It's a word that is used by so, so many. And, you know, I haven't been in the classroom for, for a number of years. I mean, okay, I've been in classrooms, but I've, I've not actually you know, <laughs> taught in a classroom for, for, for over a decade. And, um, but I still, you know, I still remember to this day uh, what, what that was like. And, I, I, you know, for me, it's kind of like riding a bike in education. You know, I, I, you know, and I would welcome anyone to invite me into their classroom uh, because I could pick up a, and right where I left off, I guarantee it. It's just something that we always can, can, can do as educators, I think. And, and um, so, I, you know what, I, I, I get it. I get the feelings around it. I'm, I'm uh, of course, nervous as well, you know, and, and excited all at the same time. So um, I know that, uh, you know, just from a planning perspective on this side of things, you know, um, that we, we've done everything possible we can to make sure that everyone comes back and it's, it's safe to do so. Otherwise, I, I guarantee we wouldn't be doing it. So it's going to be interesting. Hey, Mitch, why don't you, um, I mean, just tell, tell our audience something about you, you know, I mean, what's your, what's your story? You're, you're, uh, this is your second year. Uh, not only in the district, but, but as a teacher. Right. And so, and so, uh, you know, just how, how did you get here? You know, what was, what was your journey like, man? So my, my story is really, really unique. I, I went to high school just down the road at Prairie Ridge high school. So part of D one fifty five, and, um, obviously, you know, got a great education over there. And when I went into college at the, the teaching supply factory of Illinois, Illinois State University. Illinois State. Um, it, it, was, it was a great experience um, overall teaching, but I, I didn't want to do teaching um, for a lot of my college career. I actually started in broadcast. Um, so I was uh, doing radio and TV work down there before I even, even thought about getting into teaching. Um, calling and broadcasting games, uh, sports games, and, and news on the radio and on TV um, down there. And so that was, that was kind of my first love. And, um, you know, I realized that being either behind the camera or in front of the camera really isn't what I wanted to do. And I thought, why not come on stage, right? And, and I had always been told growing up that I would be a good teacher. And so I really decided to put it to the test. And so obviously I, I graduated um, out of Illinois State and, and straight out of student teaching, I got hired here um, right out of college. And I think that that's a really unique thing because realistically, I, I'm four years older than some of my seniors, right? And, and that's a really weird dynamic to kind of get a hold of. And, and then you throw in at the end of my first year teaching ever, uh, teaching online and, and how that might work. And so, you know, I have a lot of people in our English department ask me and come to me for advice. And it's truthfully because I don't know any better, right? Like as a, as a teacher, I don't know any better than teaching online because it's all that I've ever known so far, um, essentially, right? I, I had, I had a, a pretty much a semester under my belt, but 
it has been just a roller coaster, at least for, for the first year, year and a half of teaching in my life. It, it has been an absolute roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, you had to go from being the new teacher to then everybody looking to you because you're new and having some of those skill sets that maybe some of the more experienced teachers weren't as comfortable with, but you were. So like, what was that? Was that challenging for you or were you like, were you, did you like that? Or? I, I like to think that I, I've done a, a smooth transition, but really what's been smooth about this, right? And, and so it's been a weird dynamic to, to sort of take a leadership role, even though I'm one of the, I mean, there was a point where I was the youngest teacher at this school. Like, so, so being able to kind of step into this role and, and really be thrown in rather than walk in is, is really, really cool. And, and I, like I said, I really don't know any better, you know, it, this has just been an absolutely wild experience, but I'm glad that I, I felt semi prepared for it with all of the, uh, tech apps and, and devices that we can use in order to help learning still happen. Um, and, and then on top of that, you know, I, I'm the yearbook advisor at our school and, you know, what does a yearbook look like in a pandemic is, is also a very spooky thought. Um, I, I, I will firsthand tell you that that's a spooky thought. Um, but all of these hats that I've had to wear in the past year and a half has really, really been tremendous and great growth and learning opportunities. Yeah, you know, uh, so much in what you just said, Mitch, I mean, you know, I want to go back to a, um, a thought that you said, I mean, that, you, you know, you thought in moving from your, your love of broadcasting to why not come on stage, right? I mean, you said, why not come on stage? I love, I love that phrase. And so, um, you know, and coupled with the fact that, you know, you, you're, you're from this generation that, that we, a lot of times you hear people refer to as like digital natives, right? You grew up with, with the tech, but, but I would dare say that it's a little bit different, you know, having to, as much as you might know, all these great tech apps that can, that can make, learning happen it's still the teacher who's the ultimate factor in a in a student's you know um growth and um you know performance right wouldn't you think i absolutely and and i mean the the biggest thing is that you can have a billion apps right that will help you teach or help communicate that over to your students but if you don't have those fundamentals, right? You don't have the, the ability to make that student connection or um, the, the relationships within the classroom. I mean, one of my favorite education quotes ever is that students don't learn from teachers they don't like. And, and I really do think that that is true. I mean, I can throw an app at them, but if, if they don't want to learn from me or whatever app I'm using, it's just not gonna happen, whether it be in Zoom or in the classroom. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Has it, how's it been? Um, you know, so you can, you can definitely, um, compare your first year to the start of this second year, right? I mean, how, how different has it been for you, uh, from the perspective of just a, uh, you know, a second year teacher, you know, going from last year full on to the, well, the end of last year, really going full digital, right? 
Yeah, I, I think that it's so unique, this opportunity that I've been able to have because I was a first year teacher and then I was a first year teacher, right? Like this, this dynamic of I, I've had one year under my belt in person, but now I'm a first year teacher like all of us were at, at the beginning of this year is, is how do you communicate and create relationships and connections and, and deliver content over a zoom call, you know? And, and so it's been really cool to compare the two because now I got the content down, right? I know what I'm teaching, but now it's those modems or those modems, right? It's those, those, the way that we deliver content has just changed. And I've, I've definitely tried to experiment. Like, do I do the same thing that I did in the classroom last year online and see if that translates? Do I change things up and see, you know, if there's an even better way to deliver content? And truthfully, I think that through this online platform that we've all had to experience, we've found better ways to teach. Mm. I, I truthfully mean that. Like, there's, there's nothing that can get rid of or deny the face-to-face -face connectivity and relationships that you make. Nothing will ever replace that. But as far as a delivery of content, this has brought about a whole new avenue. Definitely. I love that you're looking at those silver linings, like yeah. we talk about a lot there, of this whole situation, and that there are things that are just going to be so much better as a result of this. And that if we focus on that, it's really a powerful and inspiring time to be in education. So I think that's awesome that you have that outlook, which is great. Um, tell us a story about your last couple of years here in your classroom, something that stood out to you in these last two years or year and a yeah. half. <laughs> so, I mean, I, there's, there's a lot that has happened, right. And, and I've had to, I've had a lot of humbling experiences, right, with, you know, you, you try and be this really relatable person, and then all of a sudden your students are looking up wedding rings in the middle of your class and sending them to you, right? Like, you, you, you open up this door into your life of, like, you know, I'm moving in, to, like, with my girlfriend, and we're you know, this and that, and what did you do on the weekend and all of that. And it kind of derails, you know what I mean? And, and so I, I've been able to finally find this balance of how do I be a personable teacher while also being a, a driven by content teacher as well, you know? And, and how do I make those two worlds mesh? Um, that, that's really been awesome. But the the biggest experience for me was trying to finish a yearbook. So essentially last year was my first year doing publications and I've had experience in publications through broadcast before, but I've never made a yearbook. And, and if you've ever seen McHenry's yearbook, it is a mammoth. It is, it is a, it is a masterpiece. And um, you know, it had been incredibly made by, by one of our other teachers, Mr. Erbach for years and years. And, you know, taking these reins, there's a lot of pressure. And so while trying to learn how to make a yearbook, I had to learn to make a yearbook when nothing was wow. happening, right? <laughs> and, and so, you know, my staff and I really had to decide, like, what do we get in there? Okay, who do we highlight? 
seniors, right? Seniors pretty much got everything taken away from them at the end of that or that last year. How do we highlight their experiences? Um, and that's kind of the route that we went. And then starting this year, there's nothing happening, right? Besides, um, you know, a few sports here and there that IHSA has allowed and some minor clubs that have come into the building or met, like there's not a ton happening. So we've moved from this, um, platform of, okay, wrestling gets a page and basketball gets a page to what the heck is happening this week. Huh. That goes on a page, right? Activism club is making or painting rocks to vote. That gets a page, you know? And, and so I can't guarantee a page for wrestling because I don't know if wrestling's going to happen. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, Obviously, that's a pretty bleak outlook, but it's the outlook that, that we have to go forward with. Um, and so it has been awesome. And my kids have just been so good and willing to go and take pictures and follow events. And the staff has been awesome in communicating. Um, and we decided that our theme for this upcoming year um, is you can't stop us. That is, that is mm. what we're going with because my kids wanted to focus on student empowerment because that's what we're going to remember from this year whether it be everything that's happening in the world to everything that's happening in our world here at McHenry we want to show the resilience and the perseverance that the students at McHenry have shown now and will be remembered forever it's going to be like the coolest yearbook ever, I think. I mean, like how, you know, everybody has the same yearbooks year to year back from, you know, when we were in school, even of like, yeah, like the sports, every sport has a page and like, there's that, you know, typical layout and theme. And I think it's just so like the kids that are going to get this yearbook are going to have this super unique yearbook that is going to be like historical, really, right? You know, this time, I mean, it's just totally going to be something that they can show their grandkids one day, I think. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. I, I mean, talk about, a, I mean, I got chills when you said that, like, you can't stop us, you know, I mean, that, that, that's incredible, you know, and then uh, I can only imagine though, you, you know, you and your staff trying to figure out how to fill those pages. Like you said, you know, like, what do you, what do you put in there? There, there's not, there's not wrestling. There's not, football you know hopefully you get some of that later in the year if we're allowed you know um but it, it's time to it's time to be creative right and i think that's if there's anything that i've seen out of covid you know in this pandemic that when it's people being creative you know mm -hmm. i mean and, and it's brought about new ideas that yearbooks have never even touched right like mm -hmm. we are going to touch the election this year because students have opinions on that right we are going to talk about the things that coronavirus took away from students, whether it be the eighth grade dance that, you know, that kids didn't get all the way up to track and field seasons to, um, you know, the fall sports that they didn't get. It's, it's all about capturing students and what they're making out of this time. Because at the end of the day, what I say about this time and even what some of my staff says about this time isn't going to matter. It's what does this student body say and how are we going to remember it? How are we going to shape that, that mindset and that feeling going forward? Well, I love it. You know, classic example of student empowerment, you know,
we, we talk about it all the time, how to bring voice to students, how to, how to give, give students power. You know, Leah, you, you deal with that with student council, you know, trying to allow kids um, a voice and, and really, really some decision making, right? And I, I just think that this is, a, this is an opportune time for many clubs to, to figure that out together, you know. Uh, I, I feel like too often we we tell kids, and I've said this in, uh, on many platforms. You know, we tell kids that uh, to sit down and raise their hand, and, and at least we're, we're physically when we're in school, you know, like get a pass before you go to the bathroom, and then and then we do that for 13 years, and then when they turn 18, we tell them to go out and be adults, you know. But we haven't really trained them how to be adults, so you know, I think now is the perfect time to work with them. Uh, on that. And, and hopefully, you know, some things stay the same, right? Some things we learn from this, like, why can't we do that every year? You know? So like, like our senior parade last year, like right. a, a silly example like that, but it wasn't so silly, right? I mean, we, it was a way to honor kids and there's no reason why we can't do that every year. They loved it. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I really am. And that was awesome. I mean, it, it gave students a platform. That's, that's all what I'm about. And you know, next year at, at our school, we're having this broadcast center built and talk about student voice. That is mm. going to be student voice, right? It's, it's going to be this foundation for students to not only deliver news and talk about news in our community, but, you know, the, the world. And, and I think that that's going to be the ultimate thing on my mind, at least in this upcoming year is, especially being the head of this new broadcast center. Like, how do I give students an opportunity to create a personality online? And, and that's gonna be a really cool new opportunity for, for kids at McHenry, especially. I'm excited to hear, yeah, like, tell us more about what your plans are for the broadcast center, I'm excited. Yeah, so, so we have a lot in the works right now. Obviously, I have a broadcast background, so I have a little bit that I can, you know, lean back on in my college days. But you see all across northern Illinois, there are so many broadcast programs that are top tier. And I, I really think that we have the opportunity to get there. It's just going to take student students, right? And, and you know, what's going to need to happen is we're going to be talking about different shows that are going to be coming out on a weekly basis, partnering with uh, places in the community for sponsorships and, you know, show dedications and filming at different areas around our community um, to showcase all that McHenry has to offer, right? And, you know, you see all these internet shows that are popping up, like, um, that blow up. My attitude is some school is going to do that why can't it be us? And, and, and that's really the attitude that I have going into this is, you know, if, if someone's going to take up this space, why can't it be McHenry High School? That's my attitude going into it, truthfully. I love that mindset of why can't it be us, you know, instead of like, mm -hmm. what, it's never us or why, why is it always them? It's like, why not us? Like, that's, that's powerful. And that's something that I think is really inspiring for your students to be able to give them that hope that like, well, Mr. Stangle thinks like we can do this. So like maybe we can. And if they have somebody that believes in them, I think that that mm. is always, you know, the biggest hurdle that you need is somebody that believes in you. So once you have that, I think that's, you guys are going to do some cool stuff. I, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And 
you know, just going off that motivational piece. I think that the motivation is just such a huge part of my teaching style. I tell my kids pretty much every day when they leave my classroom physically or virtually, you know, I hope you have the best day of your life. And if you don't, we'll try again tomorrow. That's, that's what I tell them, you know, and, and, and they tell me that back. Like they say, I hope you have the best day of your life. And if not, you can try again tomorrow. And it's like, you know what? I, I will, I will try again tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. Today was a rough one, but we'll see, <laughs> you know, and, and, I think that if, if we have that mindset going forward and not only this program, but so many programs at McHenry, like why can't we fill up that space? Why can't we win these awards and send kids to, you know, state competitions and, and, you know, bring some memorabilia back here. That's, that's really the goal here, you know? Absolutely, Mitch. I love that. That and what a what a great like you've said. You know what a great mindset. Why can't it be us? You know, and and we have the perfect opportunity. You know, when that center opens and and uh, we put the teachers in 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 charge of that and in place in those those uh, classrooms and those sections and 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 uh, if they can all go in with that mindset like you're describing right now, man. I think that. Um, we're going to do just powerful things, you know, powerful things. But I do believe you that it, it you know, you got to have the right people in front of them and you've got to have teachers in front of them that can say, what do you mean? Why can't it be us? Why not us? You know, and find ways to make that happen. You know, that's, that's how we're going to get there. You know, I can't tell you, you know, that the, how many times I wish that I could have had uh, someone like that in front of me when I was in high school, you know, because it just didn't happen, you know, and I, and I always talk about like, like, that's one of the reasons why I think I'm here is to, is to experience I'm literally, I'm experiencing high school all over again, really. I never thought I'd be back in the high school. I never, never did. And it's so inspiring to, to see and, and to interact with, with teachers like you. So well done, man. I'm, I'm, we're, we're so excited to see what you, what you do with that program. I, I do. I appreciate it. I mean, and it's, it's not, it's not like this is something that was just handed to me. And I think that that's what I try and, and give that to my kids, right? Like, obviously opportunities are going to come up in your life, but there are often times where you have to go and get those opportunities, mm -hmm. right? And, and have that mindset of, okay, well, you know, eventually someone's going to get paid to do the job that I want to do, or eventually someone's going to get paid to create that thing that I want to create. Why can't it be me? And, and, you know, whether you're in the nursing field or in a mechanical engineering field, like there are these spaces for you to create. Why can't you go fill those spaces? Right. And, and then eventually create spaces for new people. You know, it's, it's all about that paying it forward. And, and especially in, in this creation world that we're living in right now. For sure. For sure. I think too, with your, that your industry of being a creative field, it's so competitive, right? And so to have that outlook of, I, of dreaming big and, and being driven and being motivated is essential, especially for the kids that are going to be coming through your program where, you know, it's, it's very competitive. And so being able to have, get past that, that, you know, block of like, oh, well, there's just so many people, so I can never do it. You, well, somebody has to do it. So why can't it be them? You know? So that's, <laughs> I think that's awesome. For sure. Mitch, let me ask you, because uh, for, for our viewers and anyone else, or, I mean, our listeners and anyone else who can't see you right now, you know, you, you, you look young, man. 
you know, but if, <laughs> he didn't, if you didn't have the beard. He's got a full beard. Give him that. I, I know. But if he didn't, if he didn't, I'm just saying, you know, when I was, when I was your age and a first year teacher, I had one of my biggest struggles was connecting with kids because they all like thought that I was their age, you know? And so I, they were like, well, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm, I mean, you're going to be my best friend. And I'm, I'm trying to tell them, no, man, I'm not your best friend. I'm your teacher. And they're like, yeah, right. Well, and he said that they were sending them wedding rings. I thought at first that they were proposing to no. you. But they you know, were trying to get you to propose to your girlfriend. It, it's, it's really funny. Two days ago, I went to the bathroom and I walked out of the bathroom and someone said to me, where are you going? And it was a <laughs> sub and they thought that I was a student. And that has happened to me. Like I, I, could, I could count on two hands how many times that has happened to me in this building. And I think that the, the hardest part about it is that it's easy to fall into like, oh, I'm just, I'm the pool teacher, right? And, and, and that's not what you want to put forth. What you want to put forth is like, yeah, I, I can resonate with you. Let's do this the way that you want to. One of my biggest pet peeves is when teachers fight the modems that kids are using. Why not lean into it? right? Like, mm. why not lean into those, those platforms that these kids are using because they're so used to it? You know, why would I have them use some crusty discussion board when I can have them use something that they understand and that they, you know, empathize with and recognize, right? Um, well, as well, a crusty, I know, a crusty is a bad word for <laughs> it, but it is. Some of them are crusty. Yeah. Uh, I just... I think that it, it's definitely a balance though. You know, I mean, being a young teacher is so easy because, or it's, it's hard because I mean, I'm on social media, right? I have an Instagram, I have all of these things. And they're like, well, we can just be friends there because we're such good friends here. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, no, that's not, that's not what this is, right? And, but eventually we can create something really, really cool out of that. I, I, there's a reason why so many of my kids come back to me this year saying e-learning is tough, or I wish that I was back in your classroom or things like that, because what we do is we're productive, but I'm going to tell you, we're going to have fun doing it, you know? And, and, and I think that that's something that all teachers should strive to do. You don't have to be liked. I really don't believe mm -hmm. so. Like that's not what you're getting paid to do, right? I'm not getting paid to be liked by students. But what I am getting paid to do is push them into the future. So why not live in the present, right? Why not live in, in the world that they're living in? Yeah, makes me think about TikTok because when TikTok first came out, everybody like scoffed at it. And yeah, of course, at first it was all just like silly dance videos and whatever. But now there's like, I've had kids send me TikToks of like cool science things that they see on there that come up on their feed. Or I learned so much this past summer in the hashtag teachers of TikTok with all these cool tech tips and things that I've incorporated into my digital classroom. And so it's like, if you embrace those things that are going on in the world, one, you're going to get the kids to be interested because they're like, oh, she's having me make a TikTok for this project and not just like a video of me sitting in front of my screen. And like, it's fun. Like, I love watching those way more than I like reading a crusty discussion board or something, you know, like it's, you, it's just, it's so, it's better for everybody. I think when you really embrace that and try to try to incorporate their pop 
culture and their everything into what you're doing. So, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome because are we still trying to enforce some of the standards that were taught 20 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's okay. That's a great thing to do. You know, we still need people to identify characters and, you know, teach this empathy and things like that. But if we read a story, I want you to send me a TikTok that reminds you of, right? Like, like make those connections because I know your brain is working when you do that. You know, it, it might not be your stereotypical sit in rows and, 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 you know, spit out what I just said. It's let's make these higher order levels of thinking, even in such a basic thing like TikTok. Love that, man. And, and uh, <clears throat> I hate rows, like classroom rows. Don't like them. Yeah. I, I get that there's a time and a place for them, but just, you know, just keep it on here. You know, don't tell anybody else. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of classroom rows. <laughs> Uh, your secret safe with us. It is good. And maybe the world. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, or the 50 or so people who are going to hear this podcast. <laughs> so, you know, I know we, you know, Leah and I always like to talk about, you know, like, um, like a, like a, in the trenches story, you know, the classroom. And I, I but, but yeah, I kind of feel like you've already hit upon so many of them, you know, like, like making sure that we help kids live in the present and not, not, not be stuck with our status quo ideas, you know, or uh, living through a pandemic or how to, how to, you know, how you, how you solve the yearbook issue. But is there any, is there anything else? Like, is there any other thing that stands out to you? Like a, like a challenge that you've had that you have to kind of dig yourself out of? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we all can, can empathize with the statement that some kids don't want to learn. Right. And, and, and they especially don't want to learn online. I mean, it's not that they don't want to learn, but maybe there are things inhibiting them from, from doing that. Right. And so I think that one of the best ways that I get out of that, and it, it sounds so dumb, but I ask them how they are legitimately. I ask them, how are you? And, you know, if they don't have their camera on, or maybe they aren't the most participative, like, Every three weeks, I do a check-in with them on how are all their other classes doing. Kind of like we would do an AIM if we had an AIM this year where we did like grade checks and things like that. I've, I've taken um, that kind of idea and, and turned it into more of a wellness check. So every three weeks, um, I've been doing a wellness check with my kids and, and making sure that they're doing okay. Um, I share homework templates that I've made for some of my struggling kids. Um, and I say, hey, use this. Like it's worked for a lot of kids. Yeah. I think that it can work for you as well. I think that this age is just, or this, this time has brought about such a struggle for organization. And, and, and that's something that kind of gets lost. And so, you know, how can we, we, we help our kids organize their, their assignments on a day-to-day -day basis or a week-to-week -week basis um, just by using templates and things like that. I think that that's one of the hardest things right now is, is helping kids stay motivated um, just as well. I mean, if you, if you just ask kids, like, what are you doing this weekend? Mm. They will answer, right? I mean, they, they have things that they're going to do. I, I told my kids over the weekend, like, go jump in a pile of leaves. And one kid was like, I have a pile of leaves outside. I'm going to go do it right now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, take your, take your camera with you. I want to see you do it. And so he brought his camera out and jumped in the leaves. Like, Literally. It, it's, it's 
it's these things that we would normally do when our kids are walking in and, and you know, asking, how's your day going? We just can't do that, right? And so finding other ways to, to help dig them out of their mental trenches, I think is a trench of, of teachers own, you know? For sure. I think that was like our first thoughts when we we're trying to figure out how to teach digitally, you think about the content and then you soon realize when you have all these boxes on your screen and you don't feel like you really know them like you would if you were able to just walk around the room and while they're working on something, you you have those natural conversations. And so now I, I've, there's so many teachers that we've talked to that have said like they have to do something to try to get at those kids in that in that emotional way and, and making sure that they're doing okay. And I mean, there's, so, I've, I do a check-in too with, I was before I was on leave um, every Friday. And there were so many kids that there were, there were the kids that are like, normally I do really great in school and I don't want you to think bad of me because I'm really struggling with the organization or finding the time and stuff. And so I think it's, you know, it's, it's even for the kids that were doing well before it's a whole shift for them too. And so just, you know, being, checking in with them and then also having that understanding piece of like hearing them and actually acknowledging where they're at and working with them is, is crucial for these kids right now. So. And, and there's so many dimensions to it too, right? I mean, there's so many different reasons why someone can be stuck in, in a trench. I mean, I had a student today say, Stangle, I'm struggling because like all of my brother's classes are in Spanish and I'm hearing the Spanish in the background and all my teachers are glitching. And so it's broken English. And so how, I can't understand them as well as I would understand them if I saw their mouth moving in person or things like that. And so there's, there's not only this barrier of like distractions, there's this barrier sometimes of language or there's this barrier of like even internet connectivity. I mean, we've all had that problem. And so, you know, right now it's, how do we how do we break down those and get to the essentials of like are you uh, are you okay like you're 14 have you done any 14 year old things lately like and i and i mean that with these kids you know so good so, man so good but i love uh, you know it it starts with what you said what what you ask how are you and and really meaning that and and letting them know you mean it by how you follow up and be prepared for their answers, you know, because they're not all not always going to be, oh, I'm fine. You know, it's not always going to be that. In fact, if they are, you know, something's wrong. Right. <laughs> so, Mitch, I know you're still technically a new teacher, but you've got so much experience under your belt with these little craziness that we've been thrown into. So if you had to give some advice to somebody that maybe was, you know, in their senior year of college right now or entering the education field next year, what would you say, or even people that are going through right now, you know, this year, what advice would you give to some new teachers out there? God, I, I remember coming out of college. I was so scared. Am I going to get to everything? And, and, and that was like my biggest concern is like, how am I going to hit all the standards that I need to, or how am I going to reach all this content that, you know, is being put in front of me? And so there's a few things that I would say. A, the content will come. And, and, and I genuinely mean that. It will happen. Like, you will teach that class. I know it seems like you're not going to, but you will. You'll get through everything. The most important thing is to make those relationships, though. Like, the content comes over time. 
the relationships come over time and, and they're going to be more willing to learn from you and your content if, if they, they feel some sort of at least minute relationship with you. The other thing too is that so often all these teachers give you everything, right? Oh, you're teaching this class too? Here's everything I've ever taught ever in my life ever. Here's all the content, even from like 15 years ago. You want, you want an attendance sheet from 15 years ago? Here it is. This is what I used to use. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, don't try not to get flooded by information, right? Stick to a few things, find one person that maybe you work really, really well with, right? Or, or, or someone else's plans that you identify with and build off that, right? There's, it can seem like you're flooded. And I've used this before um, on, our, on our Twitter chats is that new teachers get flooded with information, but senior teachers or experienced teachers, you've got to give them a paddle. You've got to. Because it, when there's stuff from 2016 that we don't even use anymore, and I use it in my room, and I'm like, hey, did you all do this? And they're like, oh, we haven't used that since 2016. You don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know what you don't know. And so all that I would say is like, ask the people in your team, like, what do you use? What are, what are the things you use right now? right? That, that help you be successful. Um, those would be my two biggest pieces of advice. And I, I got interviewed by one of my kids because I teach a journalism class here too. And they, they chose me as their teacher that they were interviewing. And they asked me like, what do you think? Like, where do you see yourself being the best teacher? And I'm like, I am still learning, man. Like they're, you know, I, they're all like, you seem like you're, you know, so experienced. And I'm like, ah, I'm glad you think that way because I sure don't. Um, but it's just growth and being okay to grow and being okay to make mistakes and being okay to reach out to your principal, your, your athletic director, your nurse, like get to know those people, build a network for yourself because there's going to be a day when you need them in a pinch and they will answer, you know? So, so that, those are my biggest things. Relationships, uh, grab a paddle and, and build a network. That's what I would say. That's good, man. And, 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 and such good stuff in there for veteran teachers too, you know, like so often we feel like we're trying to help, you know, and we're really just overloading you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. And then it doesn't help the new person to build their own identity either. Like obviously if they want, you know, information and they want those things and you, you can provide them, but if you just bombard them with all this stuff and then they feel overwhelmed, then they're forgetting like, oh, I can do my own thing too. And like right, right. my own personality and spin on it. And so they're not really growing as their own teacher if they're just doing what somebody else did in 2016. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I love that you said build a network too, because that, that's so, so critical, whether, you know, obviously an in-person network, but also on social media, you know, I mean, that, that's a critical place to get support and build friendships with people you've never met and may never meet. So love it. Hey, Mitch, as we get ready to wrap up here, um, just one final question. And it's a big one. What are you hopeful for? <sighs> okay. So I'm a, I mean, I'm hopeful that, that, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I really am. Sometimes it seems like there's not going to be, but 
that's that's what I'm hopeful for is that you know we find the light in this and and mm -hmm. we've alluded to this a couple times throughout this episode but like find the the bright spots in this there's been a lot of dark a lot of dark but what can we take from this how can we use the things that we've used on a daily basis in in this you know world because it feels sometimes like a separate world we're living yeah. in but how do we take the things that we've learned in here and translate them to our future and and you know obviously there's a lot to be hopeful for at McHenry but at least in my life I mean I've got a ton in my personal life that are changing and evolving and like so what I'm hopeful for is to just keep moving forward right build a path create your own path or follow someone else's but keep moving forward that's what I'm hopeful for yes beautiful one step at a time, right? Just mm -hmm. just keep moving forward as long as you're not re remaining still. And you know, someone told me that um, the darker it is, the better you're able to see the stars. So Ooh, that's a great quote. You know, so that that's able to see the light, right? I mean, that's that's finding those, like Leah mentioned er earlier in the hour, those silver linings that we that we sometimes talk about that we're looking for. So the darker it is. Yeah, I think there's a Galileo quote. I don't. I'm gonna hack the what it actually is, but it's hack. something about like I'm not. I don't fear the dark because I'm so fond of the stars or something like. Ooh, that. Ooh, yeah, love that. So hey, I'm gonna start using that. That's that's good. That's good stuff. It's not the wording, but it's close. Oh, something like it. Yeah, something like it. You get an idea. The darker it is, right? The darker it is. I love that. Well, Mitch, it's been a pleasure having you on. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know I speak for Leah too when I say uh, just what a what a what an engaging and uh, insightful and um, just motivating uh, chat with you today, getting to know you. So I really appreciate you. I, I appreciate that a lot. Thank you for having me on. I mean, I I love educational philosophy. And I think that that has a huge part of education that, you know, some teachers choose to get into and some don't. And, you know, my end goal is, is to be in administration one day. And I think that that is a, a great pathway to, to, to use in order to get to that position. Like Ooh. one of your students said, I think you speak like a veteran teacher already. Yeah. So whether that was the pandemic silver lining or just because you're the awesome and that's, you know, you, you're really reflective and think about, you know, your teaching. I think that really, you, you do speak like a veteran teacher. So that's but, but seriously, thank you all for having me on. I do really, really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And knowing that you want to someday go into administration, you know, I think I have another podcast for you that I'm going to invite you on. It's called the Principal <laughs> Leadership Lab. <laughs> <laughs> the other I'm in. All right, all right. Hey, Mitch. Besides, you know, in in district here, I know you mentioned that you're on social media. How can people reach out to you if they want to talk with you more about anything they've heard today? Yeah. So if you want to reach out to me, I am uh, on Twitter at Mr. Stangle. Um, you can also look uh, in the near future. We will be having a YouTube page for our Warrior Media program. Mm -hmm. That's going to be coming out really, really soon here um, to try and get some preliminary stuff in the next few months to to get this program started. So, um, but the primary way is is Twitter. Go ahead and find me at Mr. Yes. Stangle. All right. All right. Yeah, well, we appreciate it, Mitch. Thanks for coming into the war room today and talking with us on the Warrior EDU podcast. Leah, I'll catch you next time. Great to have you back. Good to be back. See you next time. All right. Thanks.